If you have your Bibles and you want to read along with us this morning, you can turn to the book of John chapter 2 and mark that spot for just a moment. John chapter 2, and I want to go back into the Old Testament in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. So again, if you got your Bibles and you want to turn to John chapter 2 and hold that spot for just a moment, and then we're also going to turn back to the book of 2 Kings here uh, in just a minute. John chapter 2, uh, and I want to go back into the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. One of the things we're going to look at in John chapter 2 is uh, actually probably what we would even call it today is the blessings of the water pot. You see, in these water pots we're going to read about in John chapter 2, Jesus is going to change the contents of what's in those water pots. Now the water pots, and again, we'll talk about this in a minute, but the water pots were made for cleansing and they were dirty. But I believe that we're going to see in a minute that Jesus can take something which is dirty and he can clean it. But I want to go back into the Old Testament for just a minute. 2 Kings chapter 4, and skip on down to the 38th verse. Now you've got a famine that's happening. Now famine just means there's a, a, a lacking or there was a, a great scarcity of things. And you'll notice that when people are scarce on something, they start to scavenge for anything they can get their hands on. This particular account is about a meal being prepared. Somebody goes out into the wilderness. They bring something back in. And let's read what happens. And Elisha came again to Gugal, and there was a dearth in the land, which again, that just means there was a, a famine and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and see the pottage for the sons of the prophets. So he's going to see the pottage for the sons of the prophets. In other words, you've got people that are working. Let's just make a big old cooking is what he's going to do here. So one went out in the field to gather herbs. Now remember, there's a famine going on. And he found a wild vine. So he goes looking for something, but instead of finding something that's true that he knows about, he wants to try to substitute something else in. So he found a wild vine, and he gathered thereof the wild gourds, and his lap was full. He came, and he said he shred them into the pot of the pottage, for they knew them not. Could you almost see a person going out in the woods, coming back in saying, I don't know what it is, but it looks good. Let's just put this in there too and see if we can make what our cooking a little bit better, more to it. I think we all can get that visual of what's going on. So they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass that as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot and they could not eat thereof. So here's what's happening. You've got something that's being made. You've got something being prepared. They go out and grab something from the field and they bring it in that's wild. They throw it in. They contaminate what's going on in the pot. Now we're going to talk about contaminations in the pot in just a minute. So here's what's going to happen. Just like the potter in the, in, we read in Jeremiah chapter 18, does he throw the clay away just because there's imperfections? No, he doesn't work in that. Folks, I am glad today God does not pour us out because there's sinfulness in us. 
Because there's death in the pot does not mean God is just going to rid of us. God has work He wants to do. But let's just keep reading. What would you and I do? You come across this big bowl or this big uh, uh, pan or whatever it would be of something and somebody says, there's death in there. What do you need to do? Somebody would say, you take that as far away as you can and you pour that out. But notice what Elisha did. Could Elisha have just gone in and pulled this, this poison out? He couldn't do that. Folks, so what is he going to do? So he says, but he said, then bring meal. So in other words, instead of getting rid of what's in the pot, he said, let's see if we can fix what's in the pot. This morning, we all ought to say glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, that he can fix the sinfulness and the corruptfulness that's in us. And we're going to ask you a question in just a moment. We talk about the blessings of these, these pots that are there. How many things have you brought to God that he has changed what's happened? So he said, let's take some meal. The meal is often represented as, as the truth. You see, meal, which is something that's natural and it's ground up and it's gone through its process. He said, we're not going to get rid of what's corrupted. We're going to fix what is corrupted. Well, there's a good science lesson in this. But the thing about it is, is that science is not going to save your soul. But I'll tell you this, the blood of Jesus Christ will change you and it will not be explained or understood by anybody else. But let's just read what he says here. He says, so he said, let's take some meal. He said, cast in the pot. And he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. This morning I talked about the blessings in the water pot. We talk about the blessings that are in this pot here, how that it was once sinfulness and how that it changed. Let's go back to John chapter 2 for just a moment. For any of you that have ever followed the story of Superman, we know how this works. Clark Kent and his natural business attire walks into a telephone booth and he comes out a whole different person. That's what happens in television. But I say that because let me ask you this. What have you given to God, but He has given you something totally greater in return? What have you given to God? In this miracle, the first miracle we're going to read about. Now some people may say, why is the first miracle recorded the water being turned to wine? You see, I'm not, I'm not into the, the, the idea of fermented versus unfermented wine as we might know it today. Fermented wine, particularly in the Bible time, took time to make. Jesus turned this water to wine in an instant. And a lot of times, if you'll notice, there's two definitions of the word wine in the New Testament. One of them is the fermented, and one of them means it's where the, the, the fruits have been crushed or the juice would come out of that. Apple juice and orange juice and grape juice, things like that. It's a, a crushing and then something inside came out. A little bit different, but it still had a source. And Jesus, we know, when he died on Calvary, that's what happened is that he, he left us in one sense, but he gave us his spirit. It's the same form, but, or same, uh, it's, it was still the Godhead, but it was in the different form of the Trinity and the Holy Spirit that you and I get to have today. But in the, in the turning of this, in the very first miracle that John is going to record in John chapter 2, He's going to talk about of all the things in your life that you need, you need that transformation of that the water to wine, that crushing. In other words, we need salvation in our life before we need anything else to happen. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, I want to tell you, getting saved is just the beginning of the joys of this life. 
I want to tell you there's a marvelous thing for us to say that we're saved. But for those of you that have been saved, I want to ask you something. Is that where it ended for you when you got saved? I want to ask you again. When you got saved, was that the ending of the blessings that God gave you? I will say the first one. No, it was not. Folks, God has given me blessings over and over and over again. That was the first one, but that has not been the last one. If you've never been saved, I want you to hear me out this morning is, folks, God has blessed me over and over and over again. So in all of these things this morning, we see that if you were to have pots that we were to set up here this morning, and I were to ask you what were in these pots, what have you put in versus what has God pulled out to give you in return we're going to see some of these things here in John chapter 2 in just a minute. We're going to skip down to about the, well, we'll start down in the first verse. We'll read about the first 12 verses here in just a minute. So again, these, these, these pots that they had were where they would hold water and they were used for purification. Now, we have drinking water around here and we have water that's not made for drinking. If you were to put a label on these pots... I can almost assure you that there would be a label that says, not for drinking. Why? Because there's corruption in it. There was, there was a lot of dirt. There was a lot of filth in that. So when I ask you what we bring to God, how many of us can bring something to God that's clean versus we bring something to God that's unclean and He's the one that does the cleaning? You know what? This morning I believe that there, it doesn't... You know, for us sometimes, we want to clean things up and then bring it to God. Folks, that's why we'll sing that song, Just As I Am. You don't have to clean your life up to come to the Lord, folks. That's His business to clean you up. Sure, you can do better. Sure, you can make better decisions. But I want to tell you, you cannot change your guilt sinfulness about you, your blood guiltiness, without the work of the Holy Spirit. You can try to do better. But you're always going to revert back to your old sinful ways. And here in, in John chapter 2, we're going to see that, that, that this water being turned into wine, they, they would hold about, I don't know, 25 gallons of water, and it was nasty water. But Jesus looked at them and he said, bring these things to me. So let's begin if we can in verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And they wanted wine. That just means they ran out. In other words, what they needed was no longer available. What was a famine? A famine means what they needed was no longer available. So Elisha sent the servant out. They went out and said, well, I can't find what we need. So let's just see if I can bring something else back in its place. They put it in, the mixture that was there. It caused poison to happen. They said, stop. Let's throw the meal. Elisha said, put the meal inside of that. We're going to fix the problem. Notice what happened here. It says they ran out. They didn't have. It was almost like a famine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? But hour is not yet come. Again, his miracles had not started. This is the first. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. Here's what I want you to envision this morning. And there were, and there were set there six water pots of stone. I want you to take six water pots in your life. And I want you to ask what you put in them versus what God gives you in return. 
And we're going to talk about some of these in just a minute. It says, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkings apiece, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. He said, you know, this cleansing that's not going to, this change that's going to happen, he said, it's not going to be just a little bit. He said, we're going to do it completely. Folks, I'm going to tell you something I believe in, and I hope you all will agree with me. When you're saved, you're saved to the uttermost. It's not a partial cleansing and changing. He changes you completely. He changes you. He says, you fill these water pots up. He said, you fill them up full. Now, we're not talking about purified water. He said, you fill up these water pots. And they were filled up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. So he said, I want you to draw out this, this water. <coughs> it says, when the root of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. In other words, there was a change that happened. And they knew not whence it was. But here's what I like. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him. Now this is what customary tradition would be. He said normally when it was time for a festival like that, he said, you bring the good stuff out in the very beginning. And then when everybody's left, he said, you let everybody experience the good stuff. He said, when everybody's gone, he says, then you save the, the not so good stuff. But he says, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk it, he says, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Folks, there are people that think they are living their life and they're enjoying it. But I'm going to say this again this morning, and I hope you all understand when I say this. You can live your life and you can enjoy life, but you have not begun to live until you've been saved by the grace of God. There's difference in living a life and enjoying life and living a life as a saved person that knows where you stand with God. But he said, take these six pots. He said, fill them out. He says, and these things are going to happen. And he says, but you've kept the good wine until now. And this the beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifest forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. And after this, he went down to Capernaum. He and his mother and brethren, his disciples, and they continued there not many days. So this morning, I want you to take your six water pots. I want you to ask yourself, Lord, what are you going to put in these six water pots? I think about the scripture in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1, and I believe it is in the 18th verse. Now I want you to ask yourself what goes in versus what comes out. We talk about Clark Kent going in as a human, coming out as a superhero, and that, that's a Hollywood story, but, but again, it goes in one person, comes out another. Think about all the things that you put in the water pots versus what God gives you in return. Isaiah 1 and 18 says this, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet. Now, understand this. The scarletness reminds them of their blood guiltiness, their sinfulness they had. Now, there's a difference in going from white to the, the, the blood guiltiness. But he says, I'm going to do something different than that. You give me the blood guiltiness and I'll give you purification. I want to ask you something this morning, very personal. What have you given to God that God returned to you in worse shape than when you gave it to him. People will hand me stuff sometimes saying, can you fix this? And I have a little ego and I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. And I'll tear it up worse. I'm not gonna lie. Now sometimes I'll fix a few things, but I'll tear things up too. 
Folks, there's never been anything that I've given to God that He gave me back in a worse shape than it was when I gave it to Him. God cleans things up. When we talk about the blessings of a water pot, I'm talking about all the good things that God has given. There was a time in my life when there was a meal that I was consuming and God said, stop. He said, that's not what you need. He said, I'm going to put a little flour in it. He said, we're going to fix it up. And He said, then I'm going to let you eat the way it was intended to eat, folks. When we get saved, we get to have a relationship with God the way it was intended to be. And it's through His Son, Jesus. And here in, in John chapter 2, he talks about how that, that, that you must be born, and uh, excuse me, this fraud apart, but he tells Nicodemus there, he says, you know what, Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. You know, this morning, one of the first things I gave to God was my sinfulness that I had. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that heavy laden. You know, this morning, if you've ever been saved, you have that, that pot in your life where you brought sinfulness. And let me ask you this. Did God give you back more sin in your life or did He take it away? I'll tell you what God did for me, folks. He took it away. Your sins are blotted out as the Scripture says. They're gone. They're no longer held against you, folks. I thank God that there was a time in my life when I brought some filthy water to wine, uh, that, that, that water to Christ. He gave me that wine in return, which means the sacrifice of His body on Calvary. He gave me something in return that was better than what I gave Him. Sometimes we get this idea, God, I'm giving you more than you're giving me, folks. God blesses us and He always gives us more in return than what we give to Him. But here's where the key is. You've got to give God something to change. I'm going to say that one more time. You must give God something to change. What if those six pots have never been filled up? What if those six pots would have stayed in the storage somewhere and never brought unto Christ? If you never bring your sins or anything that we talk about to Christ, He doesn't have anything to change. Folks, I'll tell you this. The Holy Spirit of God can change you. The Holy Spirit of God will and desires to do that. And we see here that, that, that Nicodemus there in that third chapter says, you must be born again. You give me your sins and I will change you. What have you given to God this morning? Have you given your heart? Let me ask you this. You think about another water pot this morning. How many times have you given God your prayers? And I'm not going to get personal with you and ask you what your prayers about. But you know what? I believe in personalized Prayers with God. I don't know if I should say it like that, but I did. I believe that when you pray, I believe we can pray on behalf of others, but I also believe it's okay for us to pray about our needs in our life. Preacher, you don't need to be selfish. The Bible's very plain. We've got to take care of ourselves first. But if we pray our prayers, how many times have you given God in a prayer in a pot and He gave you an answer? Folks, I'll tell you this. There's a lot of prayers in my life that the water got turned into wine. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of prayers even probably here this morning that the water got turned to wine. We took you to the Lord and guess what? The Lord has changed your life. He's working in your life. He's answering prayers in your life. And you know what? I thank God today that there are blessings in these water pots. Most people would say that is nasty, filthy water. I do not want that. Most people would look at that food and say, you know what? That water, that, that food is contaminated. Don't make me eat of that. But he said, you know what? I can fix the problems. Aren't you glad today that we can bring broken to Christ and He can fix our brokenness? We're going to talk about these things in a minute, but notice what He says that if you will bring these things to me, He said, I will change them. But I want to ask you something as a saved person. How many times have you woken, awakened in the morning and you've had problems? Instead of giving them to the Lord, guess what you did with your problems? 
You put them in your pocket and you took them with you all day long. Folks, sometimes our problems multiply. It's like having a big old weight in a backpack. You know, it's, it's kind of easy to carry in the beginning, but the longer you carry it, the heavier it gets. You know what? We wake up in the morning a lot of times with our problems. But I want to ask you this morning, how many of you have ever had awakened to a problem in your life and you put it in a water pot and he changed things? As the old saying may go, sometimes God changes the circumstance. Sometimes God changes me. Sometimes the problem is not in the circumstance. It's our vantage point or our assumption of how things are. Sometimes if we put it in the water pot, folks, God will change these things. God will change them. And he says, in order for him to change our problems, we've got to bring our problems to him. We're not as shy of taking our problems a lot of places. I see people, as we say, sometimes they air their dirty laundry all over the place. And okay, if that's your method of doing things, I'm okay with that. But I want to say, folks, if you've got a problem, put it in a water pot and take it to Jesus. I'll tell you this, He will change them. Does anybody want to be a witness this morning that God has taken your problems and He's given you answers? Oh, I can wear you out till the sun goes down this afternoon of how many times I have put my problems in a water pot and He took that water and He changed it to wine. James chapter 1, notice what he says in verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom. God said, you bring me your problems. He said, I'll give you wisdom. He said, I'll give you the guidance that you need. A lot of times people don't have the guidance they need because they never ask God for it. When's the last time you just asked God for guidance? When's the last time? People have lost their way and, and, and they'll say that. Well, preacher, I've just lost my way. You know what? Sometimes I look in the mirror and I say, you know what? You've lost your way. You know what? God does not want us to lose our way. He said, you need to ask him. Solomon, when he was granted one wish, he said, what would you wish for? He said, I just want more wisdom. Folks, today that's what we need. If you'll ask God and put it in a water pot for guidance and wisdom and take your problems and put it there, he will give you what you need. And notice what he said. If any of you let ask, let if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. You put in confusion and wisdom and guidance comes out. I can remember when I was saved at the very beginning of my college days. And I want to tell you very quickly, God began to change my life. God began to put, I began to say, Lord, whatever I need to do, and I would take my life and I put it in the water pot. And you know what God began to do? And I can tell you right then, He began to open doors. Not just doors in my educational life and in my professional life. God began to open doors because I remember saying, Lord, this is, my life is all about you. And you know what? I gave God that and God gave me guidance. And there's a lot of things we may not always like or may not always want to do, but God will do that. He said, but if you lack wisdom, he said, let him ask of God. He says, in God, he said, give it to all men liberally. Well, it's not fair, preacher. This person over here seems like they've got better clarity of their life than what I have. Then I'm going to ask you if you put it in the pot. Have you really given God what it is that you need? Sometimes we don't have clarity because we're still carrying it around. Sometimes we don't have assurance because we're still the ones carrying it around. God said, you've got to cast these things upon me. And he says, God giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. God said that he's not going to be respecter of a person. He's going to give it to all. And it says, and it shall be given him. Do you believe this morning that God's able to 
to give you wisdom and guidance along the way? Absolutely do I believe in these things. And I believe that God desires that we might take them and we might put them in the pot that He might give us these things. I want to turn over and read the book of Psalms for just a minute, the 55th chapter. Psalms 55, and notice what he says in verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I want to tell you, there's a water pot in my life where I've cast a lot of burdens before the Lord. I have put a lot. And I'm not saying there's a 25-gallon minimum, but I thought, Lord, have I reached my allotment in that barrel or that pot that I cannot put any more in? Folks, I'm glad to know this morning, no matter what your problems are, no matter how small they are, people advertise that all the time. It don't matter how small it is, I'll help you. It don't matter how large it is, I'll help you. Aren't you glad today that God's not into this? I only into big jobs. He can handle the small jobs too. Aren't you glad to know that when somebody else may look at you and say, oh, that's piddly stuff. Don't you worry about that. That's important to God. If it's important to you, it is important to God. Do you have a water pot in your life where you can take all your burdens and your uh, maybe just uncertainties of life and you take them to the Lord? And let me ask you this. What is God giving you in return for what you put in there? And notice what he said there. He said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. I believe today that God is and I believe that God desires uh, to sustain us in all that we do. But we have to be willing to get to that place that we say, Lord, this belongs to you. Philippians, let me turn over and read a verse here if I may. Chapter 4. In verse 19. But my God... I don't know what your God can do, but I'm going to tell you what my God can do. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, we do have a wants and a needs list, I guess you would say. There's things that we want and there are things that we need. You think that you need something? That's okay. God's not saying you don't need them. God's saying you take your needs and you put them in a water pot and God will supply your needs. You know what? There's been times I've, I've said, Lord, you know, this is yours. I need this. And you know what? You put them in the water pot and that water gets turned into wine. God will change something. And you know what? God gives me back something that's very sacrificial. God gives me things back that reminds me it's about Him and His life and what He has given us. So I ask you this morning, when, when, when they told Jesus to bring Him those six water pots and we look at all the things that He's able to do, I want you to know what today, folks, if we will put these things in these water pots, He will change that water to wine. But I want to ask you this, have you given God tomorrow before it ever happens? Have you already surrendered tomorrow? You may have already said, well, tomorrow's about my job or I've got to take care of this and I'm going to pick up this or I'm going to go down here and visit this. Or You may have already surrendered your job to your day tomorrow, but today has tomorrow been surrendered about saying, Lord, what can I do for you? We sing a song that I absolutely love. And it says, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. You know what I love about God? He was in yesterday. God's in today and I believe that God's already in tomorrow. 
You know what that means for me and, and tomorrow? That means He's there. He's waiting on us to arrive at that point. None of us have arrived at Monday morning yet. But you know what? God's already there. Have you surrendered to God saying, God, I don't know what Monday morning is going to hold, but I'm going to put in this water pot and no matter how bad it is, I believe that you'll give me something good. I can tell you this. Every single one of us or a door knock or a phone call away from our lives absolutely being shattered. But I can tell you this. If you will give God tomorrow... No matter what you put in there, God will give you something good out of it. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be things that don't hurt. I'm not saying it's not things that we are always excited about. But God can give peace. And I love to hear the testimonies even of the saints here that say, right in the midst of a storm, God gives peace. So this day I pray that, that if you were that miracle that Jesus, the very first thing He performed, He said, He said, you know, my time's not yet. And He said, well, okay, it's time for me to perform. He said, why don't you bring me these six water pots? And these pots were absolutely nasty. If you were just cleaning yourself up in water pots, then you didn't really have to worry about anything. You might change the water, but you didn't clean them. So why would you want to drink anything out of these? He said, but you bring me these pots. He said, I'll take that which is water. He said, I'll turn it into something that's sacrificial, a crushing of, a, of the fruit into wine, he said. He said, I'll give you something better in return. So this morning, I know I've asked a lot of personal questions, but what have you given to God versus what God's done for you? A lot of times we say, God, I got this. So we run out there, we find a wild vine, we bring it back in, and nobody knows what it is. Well, it looks good. And we just throw it, we just begin to shred it and just throw it in the pot. All of a sudden, they start eating. They said, there's death in the pot. Anybody here relate to death in the pot? Oh, yes, we can. There's death in the pot. But instead of pouring it all out, he says, we're going to fix this. He said, let's just take the meal. Let's put it back in there. He said, I'm going to serve them. It took faith on behalf of the people knowing that a change had happened. Folks today, do you have faith that God has changed what's going on in your life? Do you have faith what you put in these pots? Or do you just think, well... I'm going to do it because that's what the preacher said to do this Sunday morning at church. I pray this morning that you'll all realize that there are blessings in those water pots if we'll just give it to Him. I want us to get a song this morning.